Welcome, everyone, to episode one of the Coys R Us podcast. This is a Tottenham podcast that is set and recorded in the U.S. of A. My name is Joel. I'm here in Washington, D.C., the capital. Um, and I'll throw it over to Jesse. Jesse Giorzi, Coys fan, their Spurs fan for almost 10 years uh, in Columbus, Ohio. Not a big deal. Secretary of my local supporter club. I like to take notes <laughs> and send emails. Kimmy. All right. Hi, everybody. I'm Kimberly. I'm located in New York. I've been a Spurs fan um, since 2018. So almost four years now. Time has flown for sure. All right, Ben. Yeah, I'm Ben. I'm in Chicago, and I have been following Spurs since the 2009-2010 uh, season. So the four of us all kind of connected differently. Uh, I've known Jesse since I was a kid. I met Ben maybe four years ago. Um, but we all were Spurs fans and kind of just started a chat talking about Spurs and one thing led to another, and here we are. Um, so this is the first episode of our podcast. Um, we want to do things a little bit differently than most of the other podcasts that's out there. So we'll primarily be looking more so at big picture stuff. And, of course, just talking about our own perspective as Spurs fans living in another country, you know, across the pond, watching Spurs waking up at 7 in the morning to see matches. Um and like giving a little bit of our perspective as American fans. Um, and hopefully it'll be a good opportunity for us to also, you know, shout out a lot of the other American supporter uh, clubs that are out there, uh, including our own. So we figured, you know, with the first episode being today, a good place to start would be to talk about how we actually became Spurs fans with a, of a club that, you know, is in a whole nother country. So, you know, Ben, maybe we start with you. Like, how did you come to start following Spurs? What made you a fan? What made you stick around? <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I, I started, like I said, following Spurs in 2009. Um, and that's because I'd always, you know, watched some soccer growing up, obviously World Cup, other international tournaments. Uh, always liked a lot of different sports, as a, uh, both playing and as a spectator. Um but I didn't follow soccer super closely and I figured it was probably because I didn't have a team to really support, to, to really get invested in. So I decided to pick a team basically to, to, to throw more attention to soccer overall. And so, um, you know, obviously the it, Premier League is the most approachable being English speakers and all. And then um, I was trying to find a team. Couldn't, didn't want to pick a, a band uh, like a bandwagon front runner team was the main thing. So there was the big four at the time were out. So that's Liverpool, uh, United, Chelsea, and Arsenal. This is before City kind of got all that that Petro money or whatever. And so um, I remember just kind of like going through some of the different clubs at the time. And and my final, I guess, like three or four that I was considering were Spurs, Everton. Villa and Fulham. Uh, and then, so I basically, I, wow. I narrowed it down <laughs> to, to, to Fulham. Yeah, I know. Well, this is when Clint, Clint Dempsey was on Fulham. Um, yeah, that's just like a very random. Wait, what were, this, what were the teams again? It was Villa, Fulham, uh, Everton, and Spurs. They were all kind okay. of like those yeah. Yeah. table teams. Yeah, time. that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 
So, uh, and I almost went with Fulham just because of Dempsey and it, 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 like Craven Cottage sounded cool, just like a small little stadium, you know, just sounded like an interesting club. Um, and I'm not, I, I don't even know. I think, I think I kind of picked Tottenham in the end just because their name was funny, you know, like it just, part it just of it. seemed like a, yeah, it just seemed like a weird, like kind of whimsical name. Um, and that was actually the season uh, that Spurs made the Champions League for the first time in, I mean, I think the first time ever when it was actually called the Champions League. Uh, that was the Harry Redknapp year where we got fourth. Uh, it was a very fun team to watch at that point. It was a lot of offensive output. You know, that was uh, it was when it was with young Bale, um, but more so Modric and um, Peter Crouch and Jermaine Defoe and some of those guys. So it was a fun team to watch. Um, and then uh, the 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 thing that ruled out, I should say, kind of ruled out. Uh, Everton and Villa mostly was that I was thinking, you know, if I'm going to go to visit and see this club play eventually, I would rather go to London than Birmingham or right. Liverpool. So that's pretty much it. Who are like uh, the main, the main stars on that, on that team that first year? Yeah. So Modric was the main one, I would say. Okay. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, this is like Ledley King obviously was, he's a star, but not in the, like the, you know, he's not, not a scorer of goals or anything. So he was, he was uh, our star defender. Um, I'm trying to think that was, that was, the, I remember we had a few Croatians at the time because it was Madras, Chorluka and uh, Cranchar. Um, Peter Crouch and Jermaine Defoe was like a pretty funny pairing, you know, like the ultimate big little striker setup. Definitely. The man and then the guy to run off. Everything again. about Peter Crouch is kind of hilarious. So. Right, <laughs> and then Aaron Aaron Lennon was uh, was 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 uh, there was hope at that point because he was he was still pretty young at that point, and there was hope that he might really be able to push through. Um, I'm trying to think who played on the left at that point. I think it was actually Modric playing at the left because Bale came, broke through. I think the year after that or two years later. Right. Um, I just remember Modric being my first favorite player. I would say. He just didn't nice. look like he'd be much of an athlete, and the guy's just out there dictating the whole game, you know? Still is. Yeah, he still you is. See that? And, and that's the funny yeah. thing. That's the funny thing about football, man, because, like, I think especially when you – the most popular athletes in America are, like, enormous. They're really tall. They're really big. They look like professional athletes. And footballers – are a lot of times smaller than me <laughs> not really particularly muscular yeah. um you know you'll you'll get a guy that looks like luka modric or christian erickson is <laughs> like just like right. a regular guy but you know I mean, they're wizards on the, the pitch best example, right yeah exactly i feel like they look like regular guys but they're so much stronger than regular guys like oh 100 in in everything yeah. they so, just don't like, look like lebron james that's true. right. That you know, true. they don't look like Mike Trout. Like they, like they, they look <laughs> like a different type of fitness required. Yeah, you know, as yeah, well. yeah. Like I, I forget who it was, but I remember reading about when I first started um, playing soccer, and I was extremely late. Like I was thirty or thirty-one when I started kicking around a little bit with a co-ed league. Um, but I was reading about like I don't know, I was looking for some soccer training kind of stuff because I was like just terrible. And I forget who it was, but I read they were like, yeah, like there's no point in jogging. Like no soccer players ever really like train by jogging like i sprint and then i walk and i sprint like it's interval stuff because it's just such a different type of situation where like obviously there's fast breaks and things like that in the nba but you're you're sprinting often or you're not really running at all in soccer and so like that's just gonna generally create a different body type than 
football, which is six seconds of incredible intensity, American football, and then a bunch of standing around, um, you know, those kinds of things where like you're kind of constantly moving. I think like probably hockey players, probably a similar, the Peter Crouch of the world or like Zidane Charles, not a lot of really super tall guys. And they look kind of awkward because it's a little bit, not a short man's game by any stretch, but you can be really, really good and be five, nine and be, yeah, not look like one of the greatest athletes in the world. It's just a different type of fitness. So, so much, uh, you know, um, cardiovascular. Yeah. Well, Jesse, what about you? What was your uh, experience joining uh, the Spurs nation? Yeah. Like Ben I used to watch a lot of world cup games. I remember being a kid and going to uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey, to old giant stadium and, and seeing Saudi Arabia versus Morocco. And the uh, last time the U S uh, hosted the world cup, I mean, like this is pretty neat. Um, but, uh, and would watch always, always watch world cups, have fond memories of that. Uh, and then was like, okay, like, let me watch the U S when it's not just once every four years. I like this more than just watching once every four years, especially U S isn't, you know, going particularly deep in the world cup. So it's like, if you want to watch more than four games every four years, started to get into qualifying and friendlies and other CONCACAF stuff. And then that still was like really enjoying, um, soccer, but not getting quite enough. So 2011, 12, I just watched as much soccer as I could at the time ESPN had the premier league contract and there were, um, games and all the time. I was an early riser then still an early riser. Um, wife wasn't then now we have a three-year-old, so she is now, but it was a great time <laughs> for me to be able to like go out in the living room and, and keep myself occupied and let my wife sleep in. Um, and so just watched a bunch and then was like, you know, I, I need to pick a team. I remember sitting next to her on the couch and like, I need more teams in my life, which is a joke. Cause I follow too much sports already probably. And so I looked around similar to Ben, didn't want to pick a top, top team that I'd heard of. Um, like, you know, heard and, and knew of well. I don't remember who the finalists were, um, but thank God I picked that year to pick a team and not the previous year because I was like, I want to pick a team from a big city because um, I grew up in New York and felt like, you know, I wanted to have that kind of energy. Didn't want to pick a, a super small town team. And so I forget who it was, it was down to. It, it may have been Palace. It may have been Arsenal because I think I was mostly gravitating towards London teams. Um, but then I was like, oh, well, Dempsey's my favorite U.S. national team player at the time and, and still of all time. Um, so who, you know, who does he play for? And I was like, oh, he plays for Tottenham. That's going to be my team. That was the deciding factor. So, um, thankfully it was then, cause otherwise it would have been the year before and he was at Fulham and I have not had as much fun, um, but probably also not as much sadness, um, as, uh, as I have had a Spurs fan over the, uh, over the last 10 years, but it's been fun. That was, that was the year that where I Dempsey is sort of what brought me to Spurs at the, at the final, um, leg. But I, I don't have the stats in front of it. But it just felt like every goal Bale scored that year was in 75th minute or later equalizer or game winner. And it was just like, what a fun season to watch. Um, ended up being uh, finishing in fifth, um, I think a point or two behind um, Arsenal and Chelsea. There was like a three-team race in London. I was like, this is awesome. Although my team finished third of the three spots you wanted to be in. Um, and those three London teams, it was just like a heck of a year where Bale was just scoring bangers in the 80th and, and 85th minutes all the time. So that was it. I was, was hooked after that, that. Sorry, was that the was that the first AVB year? Yeah, I believe so. Right. Because then, yeah, then so your second year was immediately us firing sacking our manager at Christmas time, yes. and then yeah. getting sure getting Sherwood in there. That's yeah, rude rude awakening right off the bat to, to, yeah. to bring first you back. season was glory though, and then and it was like oh, and then we're and then it was right after that. That's when NBC got the rights to broadcast after that, and they had there was a Gareth Bale in the HP Spurs shirt um, ad in Times Square, 
and Gareth Bale was in the first ever Ted Lasso commercial um, that was a commercial that. before it was a show. And I was like, wow, look at this. What a team that I picked have a star. And now we're the, like the main draw on ESPN. And it was incredible. And then Bale got sold later that summer. Um, and Erickson and uh, Lamella and Federico Fazio and um, a few other people came in. And it was a, a little bit of a transition year. But that was it. So you, so you saw Bale's last season was your first year following following this club. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, at least at least you got that year. I've just I've only gotten, uh, you know, replays and clips of it because uh, by the time I started following them, he was gone. I almost got last year, but, you know, Mourinho messed that up for us. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think my story is kind of similar to like what Jesse and Ben were saying in terms of like World Cup comes on. Everybody's watching it. Oh, this is so much fun. And then you're like, well, I don't really want to invest that much in MLS. And I know all the best players are playing in Europe. And it was something that I had been like saying to myself, oh, like I should start following the Premier League. But I just never actually like committed the time to doing it. And the funny thing is, you know, my dad grew up watching Man United my entire childhood. So football was always on, but it wasn't something I was really paying that much attention to. I gravitated more towards basketball and just was a huge NBA fan. Um, But, you know, at the time when I finally decided like, all right, I'm going to follow this league. I need to pick a club. I basically was like super methodical about it. Like started looking up, you know, table results. And I think it's kind of like every Spurs fan kind of says this, (laughs) like especially American Spurs fans or people who are not from London, like, Everybody kind of says the same thing, which is I was looking for a club that was like kind of big, but not really like you didn't want to like start following the Premier League and be an Arsenal fan or a United fan because everybody's following those two clubs and they had been the most successful for such a long time that it was kind of like, you know, that's going to feel a little front runner ish. Um, And I feel like all American Spurs fans are kind of like we kind of have like a similar mentality. (laughs) <laughs> and I think a lot of that stems from the fact that we all picked Spurs. Um, like it's, it's definitely was not a coincidence. Um, and the other thing was like, I want, I want a club that's going to be fun to watch them get better. Um, so like, you know, that 2019 champions league run was like so gratifying The end sucked, but like seeing this club that nobody thought could win, keep winning round after round and beating city and doing the Ajax thing was like, Yes, like this is exactly why I picked this club is to see stuff like this. Ironically, um, at the time, it was like 2014 and I was literally deciding between Spurs and Liverpool. (laughs) So it's funny how that played out. Um, But yeah, so my first year watching Spurs was actually Pochettino's first season. Um, So like just watching that team just become better and better and better year after year. It was a lot of fun seeing Harry Kane just like burst onto the scene, Delhi Alley burst onto the scene. Um, then Kyle Walker gets sold. And just like everything that happened over the Pochettino years, like I was, that was my only, that was like my introduction to the club. So that was the only manager I knew until he got, he got sacked a few years back. And so like the experience is completely <laughs> different than people who've been following the club for a long time. Um, 
Kim, you're the newest member, but you know, what, know. what was your experience like and how did you decide Spurs was going to be your club? So for me, it was also very similar. Like I had been a world cup kind of person where, um, I would say I probably like really got into the world cup in like Oh six, um, Oh six world cup was like the one that I felt like I was like, yeah, this, this sport is really, really fun internationally. Like it's, it's popping. Um, and like from there, um, kept going with it, but I didn't really like decide to follow a team until 2018. And I think it was just like, a confluence of events. Um, I was in another group chat that Joel was in, our friends. Um, it's like a, a mixed group of people, but a lot of people, there was a few people who were already following um, soccer teams. There were also a few people who were just like strictly World Cup people. And it was like a big group of us were like, all right, we're going to pick teams and we're going to follow the Premier League. Like 2018, 2019, uh, but I think at least like four or five of us were like, all right, we're going to pick teams. We're going to follow the premier league. And like everyone had their own way about picking a team. I'm the kind of person that been a Knicks fan my entire life. Um, I'm a Miami hurricanes fan. Like I'm used to struggle. <laughs> struggle is not like the, the end all be all about <laughs> what it's like to be a, like, yeah, you know, winning championships is not why I go to follow a team. If my team ever wins a championship, it would be the best thing that happens. But like, that's not my main goal in following the team. So it was like, all right, Man City at 2018, 2019 had already won their championship, already had their money. So it was like, that doesn't feel right. Um, same thing with Chelsea, same thing with Arsenal, same thing with, um, with United. Um, a part of it was like, you know, going out and going out to bars, not even going to watch sports, but just being around certain fans. I was already like, I don't want to be around those fans every week watching these games. <laughs> so for me, it was like in New York, Chelsea fans were like super annoying and Man U fans were super annoying. So they were already off the list. So I was kind of in the same place as Joel was like, okay, Liverpool and Spurs. Um, yep. And I think at the time we were, even in 2018, 19, that's before Liverpool like got there. That's the season that they that's won. That's the season that they, they started. That's the season they won the Champions yeah. League. Exactly. So as a season they won the Champions and then they, League. Yeah, they win the Premier that League that they were like, um, But that was the season that they really pushed City too. So it was like, yep. but when the yeah. season started, it was kind of like, all right, we're not sure what they're going to be like. Um, Spurs had been like, you know, fought, finishing top four at that time, but it, it, it wasn't like they're always going to finish top four or anything like that. And so watching the, um, watching the World Cup, I was actually like really... Um, the England team was like really young. They were fun. And it was like, oh, this would, and I, there was like four or five Spurs players on that um, 2018, like uh, team. So you had like Dyer, time, you had Winks. Yeah, you had Dyer, Delhi, Wings. Delhi. Um, there was like four or five guys that were in the starting yeah, line in the 11 exactly, every, every game exactly. was half so, Spurs and half and, and Trippier was on that team too. Exactly. Yeah. So there was a bunch of guys who I was like, okay, coming from watching England in the World Cup, they're on the team that I like. And then I got to like learn a little bit about Potch. And honestly, I fell in love with this guy. I was just like, he's, he's awesome. Of course, like, of course. Loved him. So it was, it was like that right there. So it was like, okay, there's some players that I like. Um, I like the manager. Why not follow his team? And then like, truthfully, Joel is one of my best friends. He's a Spurs fan. It made it easy to talk to someone about uh, my team. And as it stands, like, three of the teams that we follow are the same. We're both Canes fans, we're both Knicks yep. fans. We're, and we're both Spurs fans. So it was just like another team that we had in common. Um, so yeah, it just ended up falling into place, like for me. And then 
have to have my first year be that champions league final season was just like because it's just like i didn't expect any of that going into the season it was just like all right yeah they might finish top four they might get to like the round of 16 you know that would be nice and then beating city and then ix <laughs> like that was it was crazy and i'm just yeah. sitting at my desk at work just like going crazy <laughs> on my own which is it was hilarious but um but yeah so that's how i came into it and I'm the kind of person I made the choice before the season started in 2018-19 and there was just no changing it. Like I'll I'm the kind of person that I make a choice on a team. Doesn't matter what happens. That's the I write it out. Kim's talking about the IX experience. <clears throat> just kind of reminded me of this, but like was there a moment within the first season, maybe later on, um, where you were like, yes, like this is the club that I picked and this is the club that I'm happy with. Like does anybody have like a specific like memory or moment when you were like, yes, this feels right. I'm Spurs. A specific moment for me, but as, as we guys were talking, I just looked up Bale's game log from that first year to make sure that my memories weren't foggy, but this is just in the second half of the year. Um, it was just like that vision of just Bale scoring bangers late, like uh one, one draw against Norwich January 30th, Bale in the 80th one Oh win against uh, West Brom, Bale in the 67th, 2-1 win against Newcastle, Bale in the 78th, 2-1 win against Lyon and Europa League, Bale in the 93rd, 3-2 uh, win over West Ham, Bale in the 90th, 1-0 win over Southampton, Bale in the 86th, 1-0 win over Sunderland, Bale in the 90th. And it was just like every game, it just, and it, all these were one, one, one goal games almost, uh, all the ones I just picked up. And it was just like, you, you, the general sometimes like lazy American sense, like soccer, so boring, no scoring. Right. Um, but like having these, like taking points from the death moments over and over and over again, I can't remember any one of those specific bail goals, but like, that was the feeling of just like, you know, it's a little bit different in, in different sports, but like, those were basically like almost all those 85th plus ones are basically all buzzer beaters, not buzzer beaters in the sense that yeah. Spurs did against Leicester this year, but basically if you're scoring in the 85th, 87th, 88th minute, like that's pretty much the winner. Um, and so getting that feeling just over and over again, when I'm like, this is worth, again, I was up at 7am already, but it was like, this is worth sitting in front of the TV for two hours to watch, you know, at 7am when I could be doing something else. And it was just those bail winners over and over again. I was like, this is, this is dope. This is a, this is a team that like I'm, I'm, I'm instantly in love with. Yeah. I, I, I uh, the bail season was definitely great. The one there's two, I guess, moments that I think at least from the earlier years that particularly stand out. One was um, at the end of that first season that I started watching. Uh, it was basically, there was almost like a play in game between us and city to make it to the champions league for fourth place. Um, and I'm trying to remember the specifics. I think it was crouch that scored and we won one nil. And it was like, it was a, it was a, you know, loser goes home type of game, you know, and I was still just getting a familiarity with the fact of like what it even meant to make the European competitions. Um, and the other one then that really stands out and, and from the Bales, the Bale years is the, uh, the Inter Milan game where we, I think he scored a hat trick in the second half and uh, the whole crowd's shouting, chanting a uh, taxi from Icon. Um, that was like when Bale really started to break through. I think that was his his uh, the year before. I think it must have been Redknapp's last year, if I'm thinking right. Um, but that was when he really started to break through to people that weren't Spurs fans, you know, that started to make a name for himself. 
was that game. And then he started like then I guess the next year he just terrorized the Premier League. Because I mean he started off playing uh left back. He wasn't even a winger at first. Um so yeah, those would be the two that stand out the most from the, the early on. Obviously, like you said, the Ajax game, even the Leicester game earlier this year. There's a whole bunch of scenarios. Any late win, like Jesse, like you were talking about, it just especially because I guess maybe since it's early on in the day too, it just like makes the rest of your weekend. It makes the rest. I remember you know going home from the bar at like 10, 10 in the morning, uh, and <laughs> just had a full like day already. Thrilled with yeah. the win, you know, and it, yeah, it was just so it's. It really, I feel like it uplifts you. Uh, the timing of it almost does even more so. It really like raises your weekend when you get a good win. You know? I mean, I feel like that first season, 14-15, I was like, you know, I was following Spurs, but I wasn't really following the rest of the league so much. I was more so just like trying to get an understanding for how they played, who the different players were. And I feel like I really fell in love with the team the following year. Um, I was just looking it up to see like what happened, but 15, 16, we ended up finishing third. Um, we had transfers in of Kevin Wimmer, Kieran Trippier, Toby Aldeverald, Hyung Sun. So all those players showed up in 15, 16. And I think that's the year. Yep. Harry Kane um, leads the league in goals scored. I mean, kind of similar to like what Jesse was saying about watching the bail um, just do crazy things every week. Like Harry Kane literally bursts out in the scene. And it's funny to think about back at that time, six years ago. It was so many people like trying their hardest not to give this guy credit for being amazing. And you kept hearing like, oh, yeah, he's like a one season wonder. It spurs. We never heard of this kid before. He's never going to be able to do this again. And then he just kept doing it. And now he's still doing it. Um, so I feel like that the whole like Pochettino mystique um, and then like Al Ali and Sonny coming on and just the way that they would play. It was just like all of it just made everything so exciting. And then um, I think also a big thing of it for me was like, meeting other Spurs fans, like thinking about the time when I first started watching matches with DC Spurs, like being able to talk about the game with other people and kind of just seeing like that commonality in the way that we followed the team and the way that we all had like our cynicisms about what was going to happen. Um, I think also just made me feel like more at home as like, yeah, like this is the club. These are my people. Um so, yeah, I think it's a mix of all that stuff. Yeah, I think for me, honestly, um, there were like some really, really big results towards the end of 2018. Um, we beat Everton 6-2, which was like, that was a wild match. Um, I remember it was like Sonny scored twice, Kane scored twice, Erickson scored, Trippier scored, Delhi scored. So it was like everybody scored. That was like um, a Boxing Day match, I think. Yeah, well, it was like that was on the um, the 23rd. And then the Boxing Day match would be Bournemouth 5 0. Um, okay. So yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it was yeah. like those two matches happened back to back at a time where like I didn't have any work to do. I was just chilling at home. And I could really like pay attention. Like, you know, some of, uh, some of these matches, because we were still in the Champions League, some of these were happening like midweek um, while I was like at work. So, you know, I was like sometimes halfway watching matches. 
Um, but these were ones where I was just literally sitting at home, like didn't have anything to do and was like paying attention. And I was like, oh, it's, this is lit. Like being a Spurs fan is lit. Like who, this, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't need anything else. Um, and then results started to like peter off um, towards the end of that year. But even when we weren't getting like the results we wanted in the league, we're still like doing business in the Champions League. And so it was like, okay, like this is like, this is fun. And like you say, I, I had like a camaraderie with, with you guys, because we started, um, I joined your group chat in 2018, like right as I became a fan. So it was like, I had a group of people to talk to it about. Um, I started to go to, at the time, Brooklyn Spurs. Um, and so it was like, yeah, it was a, there's a, there's a, there's a community here. Um, and they're welcoming individuals. Like it's, it's fun to watch games with people who actually know more than I do about this sport. Cause like at the time I was, I was green, um, didn't really know that much. And so it was like, uh, I didn't really have, I didn't feel like I had a lot to talk about, but being someone who um, gets kind of analytical about, about basketball, I quickly realized like the way I looked at basketball, I could take some of that stuff and look at, at soccer the same way. And so it was like, it didn't take me that long to feel like I got my feet, but um, you know, having a group of people who, you know, had been in Spurs fandom for a while definitely was very welcoming and so for me I, I i never said this to you guys but thank you guys for welcoming me into the group and just making it um so easy for me to be a spurs fan i was like part of it solid can we talk about form form yes scorching Good form. next question let's go <laughs> um so yeah let's let's talk a little bit about form because we're recording this on monday evening um Say Monday, April 4th. Yeah, Monday, April 4th. Right. So Spurs just, you know, put the hammer to Newcastle yesterday, 5 1. Um, Crystal Palace blanked Arsenal at Selhurst earlier today, 3 0. And as it stands, the top four race is on, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we are now tied on points ahead of Arsenal on goal differential. They have one game in hand. That second game is now out the window because they blew it today. That, that one game in hand is actually Chelsea, so it's not the easiest fixture. Yeah, they're out of here. And we're definitely going to beat them at the crib, so I'm not even worried about that either. Uh, Spurs current form. You ready for this? Five out of six Premier League matches won. 21 goals scored. It's an average of three and a half goals over those six games. Arsenal has a way tougher run of run of schedule coming up. Um, United look like they've fallen off a cliff. Um, West Ham, I don't think is really going to go after it because they're more concerned about trying to win the Europa League. So I think their their eggs are going to go into that basket. I mean, top four is there for the taking. It really it just comes down to us. Winning the games we're supposed to win and making sure when Arsenal comes to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, we batter them. So there's this common, you know, meme that you see running around on the Internet. It's this picture of a of what we like to call the Tottenham Triangle. Um, and there's three different edges to the triangle, which they say is the cycle of a Spurs fan. I get my hopes up. Then I get disappointed. Then I start to believe again and the cycle continues. So right now <clears throat> on Monday, April 4th, Kim, where are we on the triangle? Are we on uh, getting our hopes up? Are we on the disappointment train or are we starting to believe again? 
I think I'm right in the middle of starting to believe again and getting my hopes up. Um, like, oh, all right. I, I think Good. I'm like right there in the middle because oh, I'm not I'm not that at a point where I'm getting disappointed again. Like the the um, I, you can see where the team is like just figuring out what Conte wants to do. Like the the patterns of play, as they like to say, every like stuff is coming off where guys know if I make this run someone is going to be looking for me to be there. They're going to I mean, pass the ball. Maddie like, Doherty. I mean, what can we say? <laughs> so this guy, it's, was, it's, this guy was awful two months ago. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I just think guys, and I also think guys are more fit, which is something that yep, we yep. didn't really talk about, but um, a lot. I, I feel like people didn't talk about that much. Um, we didn't do a lot of running under Mourinho. Um, I don't feel so like we just, we just defended for 80 minutes. That's, that's why. Um, have to run so, so, so when Nuno came in, they tried to get the fitness up and running and get that a little better, but you can't go from not being fit to being fit overnight. And so I think it took them a little time as a team to, to get their fitness back up, but it seems like everybody is like fit and firing now. Um, so I, I think that's part of it. And so I, yeah, I'm definitely in the middle of that. I'm starting to believe again, I'm getting my hopes up. Um, I don't want to get my hopes up too much. Like, cause you know, that letdown, that letdown is hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would say after, after the uh, Arsenal result earlier today that I'm firmly at the top of the triangle with having my hopes up. I'm more than believing at this point. I have my hopes up again, just because, I mean, like you guys have already said, our fate is in our own hands again. And I think that, um, I mean, you hear this in American sports all the time, right? It's like getting hot at the right time, like heading into the playoffs is the best time to get hot. Um, you know, I don't want to jinx it or anything because there's still eight games, which doesn't sound like much, but it's still, you know, it's, a, it's a, almost a quarter of the season. But if we're peaking right at the right time and we're getting like, as Kim was saying, kind of getting comfortable with Conte's system, with the patterns, with the triangles, with just not needing to think it's like that automate, automated um you know, a uh, game plan almost where they don't even have to read the the situation. They know where the other players are going to be. Um, it just, it makes it really fluid. It makes it really quick, which obviously makes it harder to defend. Uh, I mean, the one thing I would say, the caveat to having my hopes up is just that I still haven't seen us really break down another team that, that isn't trying to play. You know, like I, yep. I still want to see how we're going to do against like a park the bus type team, just because I haven't seen a ton of evidence that we have have the ability to do that. I think having Kulusevski in there helps a lot uh, as opposed to Mora. You know, Mora is a great on the counter, but he's not a he's not a, a lock picker, you know. Um, and then well, I'll say this, too, though. I feel like with the wingbacks playing more of an offensive a, playing more of a part in the offensive scheme. You're kind of like operating with a front three plus two. I mean, if you look at the Doherty to Emerson goal yesterday, I mean, those guys are basically playing in the box and players like Kane have all the flexibility to drop deep, to play up. Kulisevsky's all over the pitch. So, like, I hear you. I think that is a concern, but I do feel like there's a more of an offensive rhythm now where like, I'm not yeah. as concerned about picking the lock as I might've been two months ago where we like, well, yeah, we're super inconsistent. Then that's what I was going to say there is as well is that it, because of us seemingly getting comfortable in context system, 
just being able to play rapidly, not being too ponderous yeah, on the ball. Yeah. That's how you break that kind of thing down. You need to move the defense around to create space. That's how you do that, right? So obviously it'd be great to have a moment of brilliance, the crazy over-the-top ball that like Erickson was really good at, or obviously, you know, just a banger from Kane or somebody out of the box. But moving the defense around and then getting your wing backs in behind is is definitely key. Playing on those edges, right? Because that's how you can get behind some of those bus parking scenarios right as the wingbacks are attacking from that the, the so side important. and then yeah, obviously right yeah so and even the way even the way i would even say ben davis the way he kind of like runs up a lot of times he's kind of like an alternate wingback i mean sometimes romero. too like oh well, Rom- Rom- romero, th- people- romero thinks he's a center forward all right let's uh, let's he, be clear he's a striker yeah hey. yeah um i mean he's like that guy's a rolls royce like center back like the the way he 100%. moves the ball, like how he doesn't get rushed. Like, he, I don't know. Like that guy is just amazing. <laughs> and just so um, physical and, and knows when to, when to go to the ground and um, hasn't, I mean, gets yellows, obviously. Uh, he's a spicy kind of Argentine, but, and he's going to do that, but he doesn't, isn't that, getting the yellows from, from tackling. He's getting it from probably running his mouth more being, a, a, you know, a, a tactical yellow. Think about that great, Safe he had yesterday. I mean, yeah, yeah, on uh, will it's just like, yeah, I mean, the guy's amazing. So, here's the run of form Villa away, Brighton at home, Brentford away, Leicester at home, Liverpool away, yikes, Arsenal at home, Burnley at home, and then we end the season away at Norwich. We shouldn't drop. We shouldn't drop a ton of points. The thing that worries me about playing Norwich on on uh, the final day of the season is they're going to be unless they're already relegated. Then I'm a little bit less worried. But if they're, I think they're twentieth right now. So if they're not locked into relegation, you know, uh, a, a cornered cat is a desperate, dangerous one. And if uh, or a canary, I guess in this case, if they're, <laughs> you know, fighting, if they've still got a chance at at staying up, that's a, that's a dangerous. I guess again, the good thing is that that means they have to attack. They have to go for three points. They can't sit back, but that's that's a little bit of a scary team. But yeah, on paper we should be favored, I think, to win in all of these games except for Liverpool. Um, at Liverpool, um, which you know I never expect anything from them. I think we have one win and one draw in our last like, or two, one win and yeah, two draws I'm, in our last I'm gonna twelve say, games. Against I don't think so. Though, the last time we played Liverpool, we played them phenomenally. Like, yeah, that's true. Phenomenally, and like we didn't even have. Our best team at that time. We were last playing season Deli- too. Deli Alley played in that game, so yeah, I was gonna say Deli Alley was in the midfield like, on that one too. I, exactly. I just think I think we're actually a better team. Uh, like we're definitely a better team than we were then. So the thing about Liverpool is like they press up really high. So like th- we can pull them into the traps that we like to set. Like if you look, like they like to. You'll see them pass the ball along that back line, and so they pull teams into that trap get them to move and then sort of try to play around them. So Liverpool will sort of play into that, but they're really good at counter pressing. So we just have to be like quick with moving the ball. And so like what we did in the first half against Newcastle wasn't so great in terms of moving the ball. Um, But I will say they, it seems like they went into the locker room and Conte was like, you guys got to move the ball faster. And that's the one note I made, like after the half, it was like, everything was like one touch, like one touch, one touch, one touch. Guys were getting rid of the ball so quickly. Like Emerson had this, uh, Royale had like this back heel pass to Kane. Yeah. 
that actually turned into a goal it was like it's just like guys are confident now and so they're doing things that you didn't see them do before I think the other thing too that's been that's encouraging on this and I guess maybe this is our last piece before we jump to the the wrap-up but I think like looking at you know uh, Pep a long time ago famously said that Tottenham's the Harry Kane team, which everybody knew was BS, but it's been, we've been relying on Kane and Son not too long ago. The stat was bopping around that the third leading score for Spurs this year is own goal. That was made out to be a bad thing, which I don't think it's a bad thing. You're forcing the ball into dangerous spaces and you're making professional defenders screw up. So I don't have a problem with that being the third thing, but I think the biggest thing that I'm, that I'm seeing in the same way, um, you know, why you hear in, in basketball all the time, like, you know, feed the big fellow when he's hustling down the down the floor because you want to reward that hustle getting him a basket. Well, it defenders like to score goals too. And just looking at beyond Kane and Son contributions, I'm just looking at, at the game reports or the game reports from from goals in the last handful of games. But obviously yesterday we had Davies, Doc, Emerson, and Stevie score against West Ham, uh, our friend o, um, OG, but then a couple of sunny goals. Um, but then Brighton, Romero scored. Um, uh, in the Everton uh, beatdown, we had uh, Reggie scored a goal. And then at Leeds, you had um, uh, Decky and Doc again. So, like, obviously, Kane and Son still need to be Kane and Son for us to do it. Davidson nice has scored to- a few times this season, too. Yeah, and Davidson scored. And, like, Doc should have had an assist like, yesterday. But Davies there was a slight hadn't deflection scored in the, in the league goal. since 2017. Like, yeah, so these guys scored. getting these goals is a huge, huge confidence builder and makes you want to make more of those Conte-type wingback runs. Like, I think that's terrific that other people are getting involved in it. And and the the the, the listeners will figure this out soon. The, the other co-hosts of mine know I basically bounce between start to believe again and get my hopes up. I usually get in a disappointment land, you know, for about 24 hours, and then I start to think of some silver lining type thing. So, you know, I'm, I'm very, very hopes up. I've already um, – uh, a moments away from making a placing a bet on Spurs to win on uh, Saturday versus Villa and and over two and a half goals um, and so feeling more and more confident about about the possibility of the top four. I, I think I texted you guys today that uh, you know we're we're basically in uh, what you'd say in the NFL is control our own destiny um, territory now with eight games to go. Obviously Arsenal's got one more, but we get to play them and we've got the goal differential advantage by plus five, which in the last six games we've put ours from neutral to plus 15. Theirs just went from plus 10 to plus 10 um, to say it hasn't changed. So super confident, super, super, super back to, uh, to believing. I mean, we'll see uh, that. I think the Villa match away is, is a little bit of a trap game. And uh, if we, if we talk about teams that like to play a low block, we're definitely going to see that Burnley. And that's the Burnley, second to last match. Yep. Um, before we play Norwich. So we'll see how it goes. Um, wait, wait. So where are you on the triangle, though, Joel? Where am I on the triangle? Um, I would say I am probably where Kim is. Like, I'm I'm getting my hopes up. They're not up um, because I'm still, like, I'm still a little nervous about what might happen. Um, I don't I don't want the Spursiness to take over the um the Conte magic so we'll see which one is is more powerful um but there's two there's two very very strong forces at odds right now so <laughs> I was gonna say is this the immovable object uh um, against yeah. the uh <laughs> yeah yeah it's this is this is some sort of Spurs inertia because it's like Conte man like what in the world like how did this guy pull this off and to be honest I didn't even think 
he would even want to sign with Spurs. I remember he was getting rumored last summer and I was like, he's not signing with our club. Are you kidding me? Um, I wanted us to, I want us to sign grand Potter. I was like, you know, let's take what we can get. But the fact that he's here and doing what he's doing is just like, you can't help, but be at least somewhere near the hopes up. Um, just based on what we've seen over the past six, six matches. Um, Listening to his last press conference, he was like, Oh, I trust the team. They trust me. Like he was just too happy. Like you can just tell, like he's, they're like doing exactly what he wants. Something is happening now. Yeah. Yeah. And I I did feel that. And that's why I'm, I'm inching, inching closer to, I'm getting my hopes up. I just don't think I'm totally there yet. That's why I, I would say after uh, yesterday's game, I was definitely getting to my hopes up. But seeing Arsenal lose like that today is what really made me. Uh, that made oh me my get God. to the top of that triangle. Like, I was, I was just because I mean that's yelling just, at the, the TV. You would have thought I was a Palace yeah. fan. I was going nuts. Go exactly. Eagles. You I'm know, a Palace fan. Uh, friend, I'm going to have to send him a thank you text. Oh, big time. Uh, uh, yeah, shout out to Palace. They did a job today. We love it. Um, well, that's we're going to wrap up here. You know, we'll be back in a few more weeks. Hopefully we're still at the same place in the triangle. Hopefully Spurs are still in the same place in the standings. And until then, um, you can follow us on Twitter um, at the Quasar Us podcast. And we will be back with episode two. See you guys soon. Yeah.